Beethoven Orchestraville. Orchestraville? Where's that? You change, you change four score and seven to, to 87? A landing was made this morning on the coast of France by troops of the Allied Expeditionary Force. I don't blame them for dyeing your hair, I said, but they waited too long to embalm it. Time now for spinning my dad's vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Baccarello. Thanks, sweetie, and thank you for tuning into episode 101 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Here's another great compilation of million sellers put out by Columbia Records. It's also another great example of the kind of fun music my dad loved to collect. So, get ready for a bunch of gold records recorded from 1939 through 1954 with Volume 101, Remember How Great, Part 2. See my machete me oh Pick guitar, fill fruit jar and be gay Son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the bow Well, a goodbye, Joe, me gotta go, me oh my oh Me gotta go, pull the piro down the bio Oh, my John, the sweetest one, me, oh, my, oh, son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the bio. Jumbo lion, crawfish pie, belly gumbo, cause tonight I'm gonna see my share of me, oh, pick guitar, fill through jar, and be gay, oh, son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the bio. is buzzing kinfolk come to see my john by the dozen dressed in style go hog wild me oh my oh son of a gun we'll have big fun on the bio jumbo lion a crawfish pie till they gumbo cause tonight i'm gonna see my michelle In the bio Swap my mum to buy my John What he need, oh Son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the bio Jumbo lion, crawfish pie, Billy Gumbo Cause tonight I'm gonna see my Michelle Amito
Joe Stafford with Jambalaya. Joe Stafford has sung blues and ballads, hip-bop tunes, and hillbilly tunes. Joe first won kudos during the swing era when she was featured vocalist with one of America's greatest dance bands. But her greatest success came when she left the bandstand to strike out on her own. Dubbed America's Most Versatile Singer, Joe proved just that with this 1952 novelty recording of Jambalaya with Paul Weston and his orchestra and the Norman Luboff Choir. It was written by Hank Williams and recorded August 8th, 1952. By the way, I'll be using the album liner notes to tell you about each tune. Okay, why this record for this episode? Well, I really like some of these some of these compilation discs in my dad's collection. This one easily reminds me of my time spent from midnight to 6 a.m. during my first radio job. Good thing there was an FM sister station on the same floor, which meant there was at least one more person in the building at 40th and Euclid in Cleveland while everything else was dark. This record has some of the sillier music from this era, and I can just imagine my parents listening to an album like this while doing some chores in the kitchen, like cleaning up after a big meal. (laughs) Next up, a song that was heard on the radio when Marty McFly traveled back to 1955. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream Make him the cutest that I've ever seen Give him two lips like roses and clover Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over Sandman Please turn on your magic beam Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream Make him the cutest that I've ever seen Give him the word that I'm not a Tell him that his lonesome nights are over, Sandman. I'm so alone, don't have nobody to call my own. Please turn on your magic beam, Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Bum, 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 bum. Sandman. Yes. Bring us a dream. Give him a pair of eyes with a come hither gleam. Give him a lonely heart like Pagliacci. And lots of wavy hair like Liberace. Mr. Sandman, someone to hold. Someone to hold. Would be so peachy before we're too old. So please turn on your magic beam. Remember hearing that on the radio in the background of an early scene of Back to the Future? 
the Cordettes with Mr. Sandman. The Cordettes began their career in a grand American tradition. They were a barbershop quartet. It wasn't until 1954 that the foursome turned to Tin Pan Alley. They won their golden spurs with their second pop recording, the softly swinging Mr. Sandman, written by Pat Ballard and recorded in October of 1954. Okay, let me tell you about my dad's vinyl I have chosen for this episode. Various Artists Remember How Great, Volume 2. It's on the Columbia Records Productions label, number XTV69408 and 9. It's a vinyl LP compilation which was released in 1962. Its genre is jazz, rock. Its style is easy listening. And we will be hearing six of the 12 songs from this album. And like I said, I'm using liner notes to tell you about each tune, but there is an intro paragraph. In music, as in bank accounts, one million is the magic number. And though record hits may come and go, the million-selling disc is a landmark in the life of even the most successful artist. It's known as the gold record and has a glamour all its own. This album features one dozen such gold records, and it is a permanent memory of these great artists at a never-to-be-forgotten moment in their careers. Let's see what prices this record is being sold at on Discogs.com. $5 for the highest, $0.39 for the lowest, $1.47 average with a $0.99 median. It was last sold on October 19th, 2022 for £1, or $1.02. Now, my dad's vinyl is in fair to good condition. It's pretty clean and there's not too much crackling between the tracks. The cover is in fair condition. There's wear and tear along the seams with a very small slit uh, near the bottom opening. He's got the posted stamp and the check mark on the back, so I'll slide a slide in right near that median at a buck. And now, what exactly are you trying to tell us, guy? I cruised out one evening upon the night's career. I spied a lofty clipper ship, and to her I did steer. I hoisted out my signals, which she so quickly knew. And when she saw my bunting fly, she a me. Immediately hove to woo She had a dark and a roving eye And her hair hung down in ringlets She was a nice girl, a proper girl But one of the roving kind I took her for some fish and chips And treated her so fine And hardly did I realize she was the roving kind? I kissed her lips, I missed her lips, and found to my surprise she was nothing 
but a pirate ship rigged up in a disguise. She had a dark and a rolling eye. And her hair hung down in ringlets. She was a nice girl, a proper girl, but one of the roving Come all ye good sailor men Who sail the wintry seas And come all ye apprentice lads A one and take from me Beware of lofty clipper ships They'll be the ruin of you For t'was there she made me Walk the plank and push me under two She had a dark and a rolling eye And her hair hung down in ringlets She was a nice girl A proper girl But one of the roving kind She was a nice girl A proper girl But one of the roving kind <laughs> Guy Mitchell the roving kind. Guy Mitchell struggled for years to develop an unusual style. He took a turn at cowboy ballads, dance band warbling, and nightclub material, but nothing happened. Then Guy decided to sing, quote, just the way I feel, unquote, no gimmicks, and success followed, thanks to wildfire recordings as The Roving Kind, written by Arnold Stanto and Jesse Cavanaugh, and recorded November 2nd, 1950. And I'm sure The Roving Kind has morphed into many other sayings over the decades. Now, since this episode has music from different artists, I'm not going to do an artist bio, so we'll move right into the next song, which happens to be a mash connection. Now, if you're not a regular listener of this show, you may not know that I am a TV show mash freak. A lot of the music I play has direct connections to many episodes of that popular show, and I'll point out the major ones here and there, and this is one. In episode one of season nine, called Friends and Enemies, Charles is trying to get BJ's help to challenge Potter and Hot Lips in a bridge match. All BJ wants to do is sleep. While trying to bribe him, Winchester says, Do me this one small favor and I will be eternally in your debt. BJ asked, Really? Can I play my Frankie Lane records on your phonograph? Charles responded, Yes, even Mule Train. Clippity clap, clippity clap, clippity, 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 clippity clapping along. There's a plug of chaw tobacco for a rancher in Corona, a guitar for a cowboy way out in Arizona, a dress of calico for a pretty Navajo. Get along, you. Get along. You train. Soon they're gonna reach the top. 
top. Clippity clop, clippity clop, clippity clippity, clippity clippity, clippity clopping along. There's some cotton thread and needles for the folks away out yonder. A shovel for a miner who left his home to wander. Some rheumatism pills for the settlers in the hills. Get along, you! There's a letter full of sadness in this black around the border. A pair of boots for someone who had to made the order. A Bible in the pack for the Reverend Mr. Black. Get along, Frankie Lane with Mule Train. Frankie Lane grew up in Chicago in the days when jazz was king. He served his apprenticeship with some of its greatest names. Though Frankie has always numbered jazz connoisseurs among his admirers, he really hit the jackpot with music fans at large in the late 40s. Among the hits that sent Frankie to the pop music stratosphere was his hard-swinging rendition of Mule Train, written by Fred Glickman, High Heath, and Johnny Lang, and recorded October 2, 1949. Time now for this episode's interesting side note. And it has to do with a term I read in part of the liner notes and a term I have used quite often in previous episodes. Tin Pan Alley was a collection of music publishers and songwriters in New York City that dominated the popular music of the United States in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. It originally referred to a specific place, West 28th Street between 5th and 6th Avenues in the Flower District of Manhattan. A plaque on the sidewalk on 28th Street between Broadway and 6th commemorates it. George Gershwin, Irving Berlin, Scott Joplin, Johnny Mercer, Cole Porter, Fats Waller, Dorothy Fields, Harold Arlen, and Hoagy Carmichael are just a small example of the talent that came through that small city block and its prime. The start of Ten Pan Alley is usually dated to about 1885, when a number of music publishers set up shop in the same district of Manhattan. The end of Tin Pan Alley is less clear-cut. Some date it to the start of the Great Depression in the 1930s, when the phonograph, radio, and motion pictures supplanted sheet music as the driving force of American popular music, while others consider Tin Pan Alley to have continued into the 1950s, when earlier styles of music were upstaged by the rise of rock and roll, which was centered on the Brill Building. By the way, I read a great book about that building several years ago called Always Magic in the Air, The Bomp and Brilliance of the Brill Building Era. I will talk about the talent from that building in more detail in a future episode of this show. Various explanations have been advanced to account for the origins of the term Tin Pan Alley. 
The most popular account holds that it was originally a derogatory reference by Monroe H. Rosenfeld in the New York Herald to the collective sound made by many cheap, upright pianos all playing different tunes being reminiscent of the banging of tin pans in an alleyway. However, no article by Rosenfeld that uses the term has been found. Simon Napier Bell quotes an account of the origin of the name published in a 1930 book about the music business. In this version, popular songwriter Harry Von Tilzer was being interviewed about the area around 28th Street and 5th Avenue, where many music publishers had offices. Von Tilzer had modified his expensive Kindler and Collins piano by placing strips of paper down the strings to give the instrument a more percussive sound. The journalist told Von Tilzer, your Kindler and Collins sounds exactly like a tin can. I'll call the article Tin Pan Alley. In any case, the name was firmly attached by the fall of 1908 when the Hampton Magazine published an article titled Tin Pan Alley about 28th Street. According to the online etymology dictionary, Tin Pan was slang for a decrepit piano around 1882, and the term came to mean a hit songwriting business by 1907. It's always interesting to learn how some terms, especially from music, entered the language. Next up, Rosemary is always up for visitors. Come on to my house, my house, I'm gonna give you candy. Come on to my house, my house, I'm gonna give you apple, plum, and I forgot to do Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house, come on Come on to my house, my house I'm gonna give you pigs and dates and grapes and cakes eh? Come on to my house, my house, come on Come on to my house, my house, come on Come on to my house, my house I'm gonna give you candy Come on to my house, my house I'm gonna give you everything Come on to my house, my house, I'm gonna give you marriage ring and the pomegranate wine. Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house, I'm gonna give you peach and pear and I love your hair. Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house, I'm gonna give you east side. Come on to my house, my house, I'm gonna give you everything, everything, everything. Come on to my house. Come Out of My House by Rosemary Clooney. Come Out of My House is one of those rare ditties that became a smash hit overnight. In 1951, it swept the country and carried Rosemary Clooney right along with it. The bright, bouncy lyrics, by the way, were by none other than novelist William Sarowin. 
Rosie has been singing professionally since she was in her teens, and to date, her warm, winsome voice has sold more than 25 million records. It was also written by Ross Bagdasarian and recorded July 2nd, 1951. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. This is the type of album in my dad's collection that reminds me of my first radio gig in the early 1980s, spending those overnights in a studio that during the day saw some legendary Cleveland on-air talent. And I'll be telling more of those stories in an upcoming episode of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. But I also still see visions of my parents in the kitchen sharing chores with this type of music going strong in the stereo in the living room. My mom swaying to the music while drying a dish. My dad singing or whistling a chorus or two while he's putting things back in a cupboard. And that's why I do this show. Okay, take us Heidi Heidi home, cab. <laughs> Gonna tell you about the jumping jive. Jim Jim jumped the jumping jive. Cat's gonna beat out this mellow jive. Beat it out on the mellow Let me dig that jive once more. Boy, right on down to oh, boy. Now can't you give those hep cats call? Yeah. Come on, boys, let's have a ball. The jim jam jump is the jumping jive. Makes you dig your jive on the middle side. Hep, hep. When you four foot five, hep, hep. Hep, hep. Now don't you be that ikaroo, get hep, come on and follow through. Then you get your steady fool, you make the joint jump like the gators do. The jam jam jump is a jumping jive. Makes you like your eggs on the Jersey side, hep, hep. Jim Jam Jumpin' Jive makes you hep hep on the mail side. Hep hep. It's Cab Calloway with 
Jumpin' Jive. Cab Calloway has been in the public eye and ear for more than 30 years. Serious students of hard swing still tap their toes at just the thought of Cab's star-studded band of the 30s and 40s. But you needn't be a jazz buff to dig Cab's hidey-ho scat singing. All it takes is a funny bone. And Cab tickled more than one million funny bones with his delightful Jumpin' Jive, written by... Cab Calloway, Frank Froba, and Jack Palmer, recorded July 17th, 1939. And there you have selections from an album of unforgettable hits, each one a million seller. So thanks for tuning into Volume 101, Remember How Great Part 2, however you did. If you want more information about this show, head over to spinningmydadsvinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for Volume 102, The Greatest Trumpet. Until then, go with the flow, my friends.